0: Rod builders, save the date. On April 12th, 13th, and 14th, Angler's Resource will host the Mastering Rod Building Seminar in Foley, Alabama. The event will feature a series of presentations by some of the biggest names in the rod building community, along with vendors, live music, free food, and even a keg of beer. The event's free to attend, but entry is limited to the first 150 spot people who sign up. So to reserve your spot, visit anglersresource.net slash seminar. That's anglersresource.net slash seminar and fill out the registration form on the page. See you there. Hey, welcome back to the Mastering Rod Building podcast, everybody. We're delighted that you joined us for this episode because today's going to be crikey fair dinkum. We're going to have a chin wag with uh, with a bloke who's done some serious hard yakka to have a ridgy-didge in top of the wazza Visual Rap and Weave software. Even though he's a total yabo, all right, that's the worst Australian ever. I, I'm tempted to redo it and 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 have a second take, but uh, you know, it, it won't be any better. And uh, God bless you for smiling and laughing. My my uh, venerated guest today is none other than the man, the myth, the legend behind the Visual Rap and Visual Weave software, one of the partners at ThreadCentral.net, the Australian legend David Boyle. Mike. mate. G'day
1: Bill. How's it going? It's, a <laughs> it's pleasure going to be here. very
0: well. Thank you for uh, thank you. F- That's my uh, a few years ago. I'll give people context. A few years ago at ICRVE, uh, I- I'm a big fan of Dave's, and he's a wonderful guy. And uh, gotten to know him and his son Finn, who's who's a a lovely bloke as well. And uh, these guys are completely fair dinkum. And I I David gave me a uh, a deck of cards that was like uh, Australian slang and vocabulary, and I've been trying to sort of Learn it, and that was my uh, that was my somewhat uh, weak and forced attempt to uh, to trot it in front of the world. I'm sure I'm going to hear from uh, from the land down under for messing it up so bad, but uh, I appreciate you bearing with me. (laughs) So, David, uh, a lot of you who are serious rod builders, especially those of you who are very serious about custom thread art, and I'm not I'm not talking about just the basics. I'm talking about very advanced. Absolute mastery level techniques with closed decorative cross wraps with color change and multi-layer weaves Um, Dave is the obviously the Australian and the man and the brains behind uh, Visual wrap and visual weave software, which he launched uh, in 2002 one of the really interesting things about this is at the time that Dave launched that software Uh, he was the only rod builder he knew so he was kind of you know uh, on an island and 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 obviously that's changed he's gotten to be a significant part of the rod building community and just a wonderful uh, force for good you know among our you know all these events Dave you have attended and presented at multiple events ICRVEs, Rod Guild, NURBS events you know all around the country Uh, you actually headed up and single-handedly kind of ran the learning center at ICRBE twenty twenty three, which was a wonderful uh addition to the ICRBE and a great asset to everybody who went to the show. So if you if you watched any of those seminars, if you test drove any of the equipment, that was all that's all David's brainchild. Um, We have him to thank him and Tom Kirkman to thank for that and bringing that to the expo. I thought it was great. And he is also, as I mentioned, sort of one of the principals along with Mary McIntyre Christie, who is a foundation outdoor group pro staff member. Uh, They're they're the ones who run threadcentral.net, which we'll talk a little bit about today, but a, a wonderful resource for those either looking to initially learn these advanced thread uh, wrapping and weaving techniques or to kind of hone and advance their craft, right? So uh, welcome, Dave. I'm delighted that you uh, you could find some time to join us. Thank you, Bill, and thanks for the, the awesome
1: introduction. I'm actually pinching myself that this is actually happening. And <laughs> I, as as you mentioned in the introduction, when I was working on, on Visual App, I, I basically knew no other rod builders. I had as a resource... Um, Clemens custom rod thread art. And I, I remember the first custom rod I built was it was a small ultralight glass um, trout rod. And on the first two casts, caught two fish with it. And I thought, this this is magic. It, oh, you yeah. Know, it, it, it was so good building the rod. It was so good using it. Yep. And I thought, how, how can I get better at this, you know? And yeah. used to visit the, um, the local fishing st- store down at Penrith. Um, west of Sydney, close to where I lived in the Blue Mountains, and under the glass cover there was a a book, Custom Rod Thread Art by yep. by Dale Clemens, and I used to look at it and it was intimidating. I, I I was looking at it thinking, I've just built this basic rod, you know, do I even dare open open this book of of thread art? There's no way I'd be ever good enough to do this. Right. So I took the plunge, bought the book and um digested it and just could not get enough of it
0: and the rest is history right and and to your credit there's a legendary story that uh dale clemens his very first rod he ever built he uh he used a, a wood glue to try to glue the uh, reel seat on and in front of a bunch of buddies on an offshore fishing trip in Florida the reel seat started spinning so the fact that you caught fish on your first two casts and that the rod was functional you're actually standing on the shoulders of dale and have done may he rest in peace and and have done better than he did on his first rod so that's awesome so so i always ask all my guests and i just think this is so fascinating and how many common threads we have but it's a little different for somebody coming from australia right so we get some exposure to but uh, you know Australian anglers, Carl Yochumson has been a really successful on the elite series tour in the MLF. And there's a few others who've crossed over, but you know, it's a giant Island. You have access to the great barrier reef. Like how did you get into fishing in the first place and how did that turn into rod building? Yeah, certainly.
1: So from a very early age, we lived near a, a lake um, near Newcastle Lake called Lake Macquarie, okay. Saltwater Lake. Okay. Um, and my mum used to take me down to the local jetty there. Okay. Um, I was five, six years old. And I fish from the jetty. I'd hardly ever catch anything, but it didn't matter. I just love the concept of I can put a bait on a line, throw it in and maybe come up with a big one. You know, yeah, yeah. it was just like panning for gold, you know, and it was oh, this yeah. awesome every time we went. Hardly ever caught anything, but <laughs> for whatever reason, it was ingrained in my, my blood. I just loved
0: to, to fish. And yeah, yeah. I've, I've fished any time I've had the opportunity. So you obviously love fishing and share that kind of like, sense of adventure and all of it and grew up doing it. How did, how did you start building rods? Because I got to believe it's kind of a rare thing for someone to start doing in the States. And and I feel like we have more exposure here than I assume you have uh, in Australia. So how how did you even get into building rods in the first place? Sure. So, I used to um, jump on the train and, and go down to university
1: in Sydney, and it was um, a two-and-a-half-hour round or one-way trip once, once you added up the walking time. Yeah. I used to occasionally split that trip up. If, okay. if my lectures weren't happening straight away, and I'd jump off the train at Penrith and, and, and look around the shops, and typically I'd end up at Penrith Fishing Tackle. And while I was there, I um, got a magazine um, by Ian Miller um, okay. called The Australian Rodcrafter. And it was a, a magazine showing you step by step how to build a rod. And I thought, this is interesting. This looks like something I could be interested in. Mm-hmm. So I bought the magazine and there were recipes in the back of the, the book. And so I, I ordered the 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 blank that was in the first recipe. This was the, the ultralight um the blank. Okay. And it took, I don't know, six weeks for this blank to arrive. But you know, I bought the blank and I bought everything exactly as as was specified in that recipe. Yeah. And I made this this first rod and I just loved doing it. I mean, my thread tensioner was a, a book um, yeah. running the thread through the pages. Right. And the school was sitting in a glass and I was basically wrapping it on the knees or a cardboard box with some Vs in it. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I needed to, to get started and just loved doing it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you've come a long way. No, it's it's fine. And as I built that first rod, it was just like I was struck by lightning. I, I, I can't explain it any other way. Do not know what the the excitement was or the passion was, but it, it lit a
0: spark. Well, you don't have to explain it to us. This is everybody listening is a rod builder. So we get it, man. That's awesome. Your your enthusiasm is contagious. Like I'm getting excited while I'm sitting here listening to you. So obviously that's how you started. You are now like way out there on the highly advanced, highly technical, highly experienced, you know, side of this thread art. and And, and really it's fitting to me. That y- you learn from the original source that so many of us learn from, uh, you know, the Dale Clemens custom thread art, and now we have a resource available like Visual Wrap and Visual Weave. So. Take me through that journey a little bit. i We're going to spend the bulk of this episode getting into what visual weave and visual wrap, what that software does and how it helps you and what you can do with that. We off you also have a brilliant little invention, the wrap sticks, right? Like so you have these tremendous resources for builders. but was was this just an extension of that passion for rod building, or was it the thread art in particular, or like oh, 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 how did you get so involved in the in the decorative thread aspects?
1: Um, I think what it boils down to is, at heart, I think of myself as a crazy inventor. I just love mm. making stuff. It yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Um, I mean, my current hobbies include 3D printing and yeah. electronics and, and software and websites. It doesn't matter what it is. I just love making stuff. Yeah. And so reading the um, uh, advanced custom mod building and, and the, the custom mod thread art books by Dale, there were instructions on there on, on how to make rod stands, so I made a, mm-hmm. a set of rod stands. And right. I loved the um, the thread art book, and I just wanted to, in my mind, I wanted to be the ultimate thread artist in the world because I did not know anyone else who was doing this, but right. it felt like it was my little niche, and I yeah. could become good at it. And yeah. I thought... Um, okay. I, I started wrapping some some patterns from the recipes in, in customized thread art. Right. And it took a long, long time. Yeah. It could take, it could take me six hours following the recipe to find out patterns too big, colors too small, don't small, too compressed, too elongated. Right. Yeah. And I thought the only way I'm ever going to get ahead at doing this is to have a tool. You mm-hmm. know, what would be the ultimate tool? Um, I think it would be software. Um Dale in his book talks about a common language. Mm -hmm. And to his credit, he he mentions in the book the way that um, people get ahead and crafts and hobbies and endeavours get ahead is they develop a way of communicating. Anytime you're left in isolation, you have to reinvent your wheel. Mm -hmm. When you've got a common language to describe common concepts, that's when you can build upon, you know, the shoulders of giants and, and follow in steps without having to reinvent it. Yeah. So I I looked at what he described as a common language and I thought, I mean, that's, that's a computer program right there. There you go. So I started practicing in my spare time. I, I got access to um, a programming language called Visual Basic mm-hmm. and I was not a very particularly good programmer, but I was determined and I, I played and I played and I practiced and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And step-by-step step worked out what I could do. The, the, the first thing I did was drew a straight line on the screen and I thought that can represent a, a thread. Yep. and it all grew from there, you know? So um, it, it got to the stage where um, as I'm adding more features, I'm thinking, oh, that's great. But, it, but what it really needs is a 3D viewer. And what it really needs is the ability to print true to size. And what it also needs is the ability to change colors. And, and one feature led to the other. Right. Um, It's if I started with uh, an idea of what the whole software needed to be, because there was nothing to base it on. There there was no existing software that I was aware of that I could copy or, or use as a reference. There's still not. I mean, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I took the, the concepts that, that Dale presented. I massaged them into what I thought was, was needed used my exp- limited experience in, in building rods myself mm-hmm. to come up with what I thought was, was needed. And happy to say that, you know, 20 something years later, it's still going strong. It's It, it amazes me that um, software that I launched in 2002, today in, in 2024, is still viable.
0: Not only viable, but sort of as relevant as ever and, and, and probably an improved product, right? And so just that's fascinating to me that that's what you did and you're not so you you have a full-time professional job but as I understand it you're kind of like a project manager type person right like you're not a software engineer or a programmer so this was like completely out of your wheelhouse to to go do this in the thread art space right this is not like you do this all day every day for your real job and then you just decided to turn that towards this is kind of like stepping outside your swim lane a little bit right like Basically, yes. Um, in my um,
1: varied experience throughout my career, I've had um, some limited opportunities to get involved in programming. I was a control systems um, pro- programmer for a short period of time. That was probably the kickstart that I needed because it put me in touch with guys who were programmers. And I used to, to go home, work on a feature that was needed, hit hit a brick wall and go back to work and, and, and say to my mate at work, oh, I'm trying to do this. How would you do it? And he'd said, he would say, oh, haven't you tried doing it this way? I'd go home and try it, and sure enough, it would straight away. Oh, so, um, you know, again, standing on the shoulders of giants, collaborating, and it, that was probably the start, too, of, of me realising that for any of us to get ahead in, in this, there's a need to collaborate. Absolutely.
0: And,
1: you know, as I say, I, I hardly knew any rod builders at the time. Um, right. Didn't have people I, I felt I could um, bounce the ideas off. Uh, when it came to the programming I did. And, and, and so I did that. And that that helps the the, the software develop. But Absolutely. I guess that planted the seeds for for the collaboration, which now manifests itself with um the support that that I give to people, Thread Central, um collaborating with Mary on, on the website, um, and I guess teaching people. Um I, I was desperate for reasons, I was really hungry for resources. Mm-hmm. Um I had the magazine that I started with I had customized thread art and and not many other resources in in Dale's book he he used to speak about uh, rod crafters and and their magazine I remember writing letters back then and and putting it in the post office box and hoping that the letter would get to America and <laughs> and never received response, you know. So it right. probably got lost at sea or, or something. So I, di- I didn't have access to to, to magazines or, or stuff. This to- is
0: this country is an honorable democracy. We're trying to trying to weed out and insulate ourselves from these penal colonies that do everything backwards south of the equator. Come on, we got to protect our way of life. We can't just let every piece of mail from down under in. Oh, that's funny. So, just I feel the need to kind of tell people a little bit about what it is, right? So, it's uh, fascinating to hear the origin of this, and you really hammered this thing together out of raw materials. That's fascinating to me. But if you're not if you're familiar with the software, then then this I'm not probably not telling you anything new. If you've ever seen David demonstrate it at a at a weekend gathering at a conclave and an ICRB, anything else, but essentially. This is software. You mentioned it, David, and and I have done, and I, I, so I've always had this real, personally, this real strong opinion that if you're going to hang out your shingle as a custom rod builder, and you're going to be a consummate professional, a true craftsman, you need to be able to do everything. You need to be able to turn some wood, turn some grips do some inlays with foam and wood, you need to be able to weave, you need to be able to do decorative closed thread wraps, you need to you need to be able to master all these techniques. And that's always kind of been what's excited me is I, I love trying to develop and put all these tools in the tool chest, right? But the frustrating thing with this thread art is, um, and you can see it if you follow Mary McIntyre Christie's channel or anybody else's, these things can be hard to get right. And the more complicated you make them, the more subtle you try to make your fades, the more you try to hit certain contrasts and blends and things. it, it, It can be, before visual weave and visual wrap, it's really impossible to know what you're gonna get until you actually lay it out, try it, and see whether it sort of hits, right? And essentially what, we'll stick with the visual wrap for a second, but the same is true of the visual weave. Essentially what this software lets you do that's brilliant is you can lay out your wrap. You can measure the diameter and the length of your blank where you were going to put this wrap. You can pick the colors out of a thread library of actual broad or Fuji or uh, Madeira colors, You can, and you can literally... In a 3D, uh, and I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm just trying to get the point across to folks who haven't seen it. You're going to get a 3D rendering of the wrap that you've designed. And if it's right, then good. You're ready to go to press, lay it out, mark it up, get your thread, and start going up and down and, and with your passes and go to town. But if it's wrong, if it didn't quite look right, if you didn't get the contrast you wanted, if your fade wasn't quite where you wanted it, You're able to tweak that, correct it and manage it, massage it through this software via a 3D rendering before you spend all the hours and go cross-eyed, wrapping it on and burning the thread. And, And so, you know, in theory, you could still try some things and still cut them off. But if you understand how to use this stuff, to me, the tremendous value of the visual wrap is a predictable result and the ability number one and the ability to sort of understand what you're getting yourself into without mistakes before you start and the other thing is as part of you also have these uh, i don't know what we would call them like libraries or pattern packs where you can see all these things that either you or others have designed and sort of granted access to you can you have a host of thousands and thousands of patterns. Like I remember the Dale Clements book had probably, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, 80 to 100 patterns or something like that. And that seemed dizzying. You've got thousands of patterns and color schemes and variations. And then on top of that, you can grab one of these patterns and say, well, what if I change this yellow to this orange or this purple to this red? You can literally – so talk to me about – all the things the software can do, because I've seen it, I've seen you demonstrate it, you're very eloquent in talking about it, and it's just an immensely, like, if I'm honest, I don't love doing closed decorative cross wraps. I do that because I feel like if I can't do that, I'm not really a true craftsman, I haven't mastered, like, a journeyman the whole you know, set of tools and skills that a rod builder should have. But so to me, to be able to use visual wrap and shorten and condense the layout time, the picking of colors and all that, and get that predictable result is invaluable, right? But it's also a way you can share. You could create a pattern and say, hey, you talked to me about this theme you wanted. Here's what I'm thinking. How does this look? You can actually share once you're licensed in the visual wrap or visual weave and say, hey, I came up with the weave or the wrap that we talked about, how does this look? And so you you have the ability to sort of have that negotiation and tweak it with the customer before you've put eight hours into, you know, laying it out and wrapping it and packing it and perfecting it, right? So, and I'm just I'm scratching the surface, but talk us through a little bit all how all it does and and how you recommend people use it. Certainly. And I, th- I think you've hit on all
1: of the major features, which, which is great. So you must've been listening to, to some of those seminars I, I gave
0: you I try. It's very hard for me to understand most of the words that are coming out of your mouth, you Drongo, because you don't speak proper American English, y'all, but uh, no, <laughs> I, you, you speak very eloquently about it. And, it's, it, it, and that's the thing I want to make sure people get. It's a tremendously powerful tool. If this is the kind of work you want to do, it can shorten your learning curve by thousands of hours and by spools and boxes and spools of thread right
1: and and you're right the the idea with visual wrap is in the name visual wrap you know visual implies what you want to wrap before you get there and um, so recently I built a uh, a small rod as, as a gift for a friend mm-hmm. and I've made a, a split grip it's a mm-hmm. spinning rod with a split grip uh-huh. and there's a gap in the split grip where I wanted to put pattern. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I, I said was, okay, what's the nature of the pattern I, I want to do? Um, I had a look through the, the the libraries that were available and none caught my fancy. I, I wanted to design something that matched the, the weave. I'm using these woven carbon fibre grips, mm. which I, I, I'm, I'm new to the party. I'm late to the party for, for carbon fibre stuff, but right. these things look hot in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So I wanted, oh, yeah. to, I wanted to wrap up that, um either accentuated or complemented these grips and there was nothing available in, in the off-the-shelf libraries. So I I spent a little bit of time and and designed a wrap. Probably took me 20 minutes to to do that. So I, I got the general concept of the colours I wanted to use mm-hmm. and uh, the nature of the pattern. Once I had that, the next step was, okay, how do I size that to, to suit my my rod? Mm-hmm. And so once the pattern script and all patterns are described by scripts. A script is nothing more than some, some computer language to describe to the software where to put threads, what colors to use, and, and how to... How many, how far apart, all that, yeah. Exactly. It's a necessary evil um, that we have these scripts, but it's just the way it is. Right. So once I had the scripts designed, I then measured the space that I had available in the split grip and decided I wanted to hide the ends of the, the wrap under the, the grip itself, so I didn't have um, end wraps showing. So I ended up with a, an overall length. So using the software, I... Um, told it, I experimented with it, the number of pattern repeats. The thing about cross wraps is they repeat as you go up, up the rod and, and the more right. repeats you have, the more similar versions of the same pattern you get going up the rod right. and it takes up more space. So an important decision up front is how many repeats should your pattern be because if you have too yeah. many repeats. It'll not it, it it'll over um, go over the space you have available or it'll look out of proportion to the, the size rod you're building. So I used the the software to tell me or show me how it would look both in two dimensions and three dimensions with a certain number of repeats. I came up with what looked approximately right. And then I went to the window that shows me um, where to put the measurements in for the butt and, and tip diameters of where the wrap is going to go. And then it basically does some calculations, manipulates some graphics and allows me to then do a printout on paper of what the pattern is going to look like in the right colors and at the right size. Once I had that printout, I cut that printout out and curled it around the blank. And it showed me exactly how the pattern was going to look as a mock-up basically.
0: Yeah. A visually accurate, true to size proportionate to scale, like mock-up. Like if I follow the script, if I follow the instructions, then we'll talk a little bit about what you get as instructions once you put the pattern in, but it's very similar to what you've got in the Dale Clemens book, you know, first pass this, second pass this, plus one, drop one, you know, I mean, again, there's the common language you need to understand, but it's very, there's an index and a glossary and you can understand it very simply. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's, it's remarkable the, how, how quickly you can lay something out and how much tweaking and perfecting you can do without wasting hours and hours in thread. And, And it can be tedious. That's what I don't like about it. It just takes a long time. Right. And I, 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 my eyes get tired and then they always seem to turn out better if I do it in one sitting, but man, it's hard to find a chunk of time where I can sit down and do it in one sitting, you know. And so, just the software really, really helps to me in that regard.
1: And this is probably not as relevant for those listening on the podcast, but here is a oh, he's showing us the actual wrap. Oh wow, look, he's I get the focus to work right. Yeah. Um he's he's the the mock up that was done in paper, and here's the actual wrap on the rod, and. Um, obviously there's a slight variation in the, in the colors just due to, um, the, the actual threads that I chose to use, but I came up with probably a half a dozen of these mock-ups. Man,
0: it looks actually better on the rod even than it does on the mock-up. That wrap looks sick, man. I love the way there's no tie-off and it's just emerging from the grips. That's, that's awesome. So
1: that, that whole process of designing the, designing the wrap itself was probably 20 minutes and there was probably 10 or 15 minutes of coming up with these little swatches um i I actually ran it past my wife because of course yeah you know colors me no yeah um (laughs) um, told me which which was the best color combination and i didn't go with that i went with this one instead
0: (laughs) hey hey don't get me in the middle of that it's funny uh i have a i think you know him too but he's a friend of mine uh Jared Taylor who's a, a firefighter in Indiana and a really good rod builder and uh, he does some really cool color combinations and matching like custom anodized able fly reels and all this stuff and I would always kind of loved his colors and would occasionally reach out to him and be like man I need to do this this you know gold and you know maroon and orange or whatever but I'm not feeling it and you know what do you think how would you do it and he would kind of spitball ideas back and forth and he always had these great ideas and then I come to find out he's colorblind, and he would just go to his wife, uh, Carly, and be like, hey, what colors? And I was like, oh, you dirty dog. But so, yeah, now I just cut him out and go straight to his lovely wife. And But, uh, you know, Mike Garone is another guy who – and I know he does. He uses this software and uh, is a great proponent of it and has done a bunch of work with it, and and he, he does such a great job coming up with colors. He's, like, partially colorblind. So, look – However, which makes me wonder, is that like why he's coming up with some of these combinations that others of us don't think of that that end up looking beautiful, but I would never put together until I see him do it. Right. Or until I tested it out on something like this software. And I just I just think that's what's so cool about it is you have this limitless kind of design and layout horsepower at your fingertips. Um, and it, it doesn't cost you all the hours and all the thread and all the sore hands from packing and all the crossed eyes from, from trying to, and I keep bringing that up, but the older I get, that's the harder part, right? You want a pattern that really has high resolution, really pops and looks great. You need to use the smallest threads you can. Well, man, those are fatiguing to be looking at and, uh, and packing and, you know, justifying and straightening and, and doing all that stuff. But, so, so talk to me a little bit um, about. Uh, let, let's walk people through. So, you go through this process, which for you only took the twenty minutes. You came up with this awesome pattern, and those look like the uh, bats and seafoam uh, kind of colored uh, grips, which are it's it's a really unique color. I haven't seen those before. They look great, um, and and they also have some blanks that are in that same seafoam that match it, right? But so you laid out your pattern you got the colors you tweaked it you asked your wife then you ignored what she said that feels like that's going to come back on both of us we're probably on the naughty list but I'm just going to gloss over that for the moment said <laughs> so and then you wrapped it on what you get as an output of the process is not only what you're referring to as the swatch which for those of you who who can't see and most of you're just listening via podcast format we'll eventually put this up on YouTube and you'll be able to see it but he's literally printed out a little swatch almost like you'd use a piece of, of snake skin or abalone or something to lay out on the blank where you you can actually take the paper, true to color, true to size, wrap it around the blank and see what it's going to look like. So you get that, which the visualization of your wrap, right? Which is amazing. But then you also get sort of the instruction list of, okay, if this is the pattern you want, here's how you execute it, right? Talk to me a little bit about that and, and how to understand and translate the instructions.
1: Yeah. So the interesting thing about the um, the swatch or the, the true to size printout that the software generates is that it does account for um, the taper of your rod. Yep. so the, the big challenge that people seem to have with closed wraps is you can't use a constant spacing between centers if you want your wrap to close nicely. You'll find that at the tip end the, the, the threads bunch up um, because there's you know too many threads in, in a limited space. At, at the butt end at the same time there'll be gaps in the threads because you've got the same number of threads but with with the same spacing, um, you 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 can't get the surface areas right. Right. So yeah. what the software does. Um, a lot of people talk about taper offset, taper offset spacing, the algorithm. So you can calculate where how how to vary your um, spacings as you go down the blank according to the actual size of of your blank. If you've got mm-hmm. a, a radical taper, then you need to make radical step changes in your spacings. Right. And the, the more The less tapered it is, the the, the less changes there are required. The software generates a a table, a spacing table, which is the traditional output from any of the Excel spreadsheets you have available or um, the the app, the the taper offset app that um, myself and my son put out. The the software generates that. Um, You also have spacing tables in in books. But for me, they they make a number of assumptions. They assume that your cross-wrap is centered. Each each pattern repeat appears in the center of the repeat. It also assumes that you're using a um, square pattern, which means your threads are crossing at right angles. Right. What happens if your spacing is elongated or, or compressed? Right. Yeah. Not centered. Yes. So the the visual printout accounts for all of that. And not only does it show you how long it's going to be, but you can limit the printout to just the layout threads. Any, anyone who's done any number of of crosswrap patterns knows that the most important part of your pattern is the layout threads. If you get that right, you're well on the way to executing a, a nice closed wrap. If you start with spacing that is off, good luck packing all the way through the wrap, trying to
0: fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think I understand the math and I sort of get it, but I've, I've still had trouble with that. That is still to me the the hard part. And if I miss a wrap, it's usually because I somehow made some kind of mistake in my taper offset space. It's all in the layout, right. And getting the layout really precise, then it sort of follows on easily from there, but it can be harder than you think without a tool like this to get, the, the layout exactly right and to, And to be clear the the, the system isn't magic uh, What visual wraps going to do is ask you for certain information which you input for each specific blank, each specific wrap area length and all that. So it's not it's literally is not a one-size fits all David. It, it literally you are designing it, laying it out to a specific blank. you input accurate measurements you're going to get an accurate layout instruction list for exactly how to execute that wrap. On that, on that particular blank.
1: That's right. So your destiny is in your own hands there. Yeah. We have the, I mean, a- any cross wrap is a collection of straight lines basically. Right. And where you put those lines, those threads on your rod determine what the pattern's going to look like. Yep. Um, you have the ability to come up with your own patterns. You also have the ability to open up patterns, uh, a library of patterns which have been created by others. Um, Billy has come up with a whole bunch of patterns which have gone into the uh, patent packs. There were other contributors. I think Milt Dorena was was another
0: strong contributor to the patent packs. Yeah, he's referring to Billy Vivona, who's a, a rod builder and and kind of founder of the NURBS, and Milt Dorena, who's a who's a guy down here in in Alabama country, local to us, and uh, a great friend to the Anglers Resource crew. But yeah, so just want to cross reference for people who may not know. No worries.
1: And when, when I when the software was launched, um, my idea, my thought was people will take this software and they will share patterns everywhere because once they have the ability to create their own patterns, they will just naturally share it and I guess the, the resources we have available will just mushroom and explode and that that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, another one of my thoughts that didn't eventuate, <laughs> I, I found that people, to be brutally honest, people were quite intimidated by this scripting language. Like yeah, what does it mean? You know, you've got lines of script on a screen and you expect me to, that on the rod, like what? Yeah. Um, so we we worked out pretty soon that unless we provide the patents for people, then we're limiting its availability for, for 90%
0: of people to use. It's not accessible enough, right? Yeah. That's
1: right. So the good thing about it is it's very easy to share patents. Um, these patent packs are basically hundreds of patents that are available um, that you can draw on. And we've I've published some index books, which is basically a picture of what each each wrap looks like. Yeah. So you open up the index book, you scroll through, you think I like the look of that one. Um, what's its number? It's CRTA fifty six. So you open up, open that um, particular script up. You press wrap. It, it prints on the screen, and you think I like it, but it should be blue instead of red. So you just change the red threads to to a blue thread. Bang! Right. It, it changes it. So there, there's an amount of easy customization that anyone can do without having to to,
0: to know the scripting language. Well, and you've you've gone so far as to get like accurate renderings of all these colors. Like you're doing a ton of work. Like I know when we released new Fuji Thread colors last year, we sent you samples and you actually get those, whatever you do your magic, whatever you're however you're mapping it, cross-referencing to get it to where it will render accurately. And that's not just true of Fuji Threads. It's all the threads you have in the library, which is basically all the threads that there are. I mean, you're you're getting a very accurate color rendering. Uh, of, of what you're going to do yeah
1: yeah so it's it's as close to, to reality as as is physically possible at the moment yeah so um once people have the the pattern they like and the colors they like if they can get their head around how how to size it then they're on their way to, to wrapping as well as showing you the layout positions of the threads the the one thing probably the main motivating thing that that drove me to write the software is the Clemens book presented around 100 recipes mm-hmm. of, of patterns. And and a recipe consisted of a sketch or, or a photo of where the layout threads would be, and then so the, they, they were your layouts, and then some instructions about the progression. So the progression is how do you change the layouts or where do you put the next layouts?
0: The sequence of up and back.
1: Yeah, right. Sequentially each time. And in my head, like I, I would look at, for example, the um, the heart pattern, mm-hmm. and you start with some you know some crosses that, that form an approximate box, and the, the final pattern is a curved heart. How does that work? Like right. I, I yeah. just could not could not get my head around straight lines equal equals curves. It's just right, yeah. You know, and and of the the limited number of patterns that I, I wrapped, you could be three quarters of the way through the pattern, it would still look nothing like the the end result according to the book. And you, I would start to lose confidence about, have I made a mistake or what? right.
0: right. So the good thing about the software is you can step through sequentially on the screen. And say, I'm halfway. What does it look like halfway? Okay, I'm right. This is what it's supposed to look like. I haven't made a mistake. Yeah. Because often exactly. those those mistakes, if you'd make them, don't show until the finished product. And then you're like, I'm not even sure where I did. made the mistake. Now I got to take the whole thing. Yeah. It can be more tedious to back up and start. Partway through again, than it is to just cut it off and start over. Right. And I just, again, if you follow what the, what the software tells you to do, once you understand how to use it, it's just, it's, it's, I won't go so far as to say Drongo proof, but it's pretty, it's pretty close, right? Like it makes life really, really easy on you. And just the speed, the haste, right? Like I'll do, I might go six months without doing a cross wrap. And then I need to jump right back in and do it. And I've sort of forgotten the things I learned from the last one I did to be able to mock it up, size it out, everything perfect, tweak the colors. Like it's just extremely valuable. And and if you're trying to do this to make money, you know, your time is is very is the most valuable thing. It's often the rate limiting factor. And it it takes just as much time to build a cheap, inexpensive rod as it does a really high-end rod. And and certainly this kind of thread art can help you command a very high price and and likewise demonstrate mastery when you can execute these very complicated closed wrap patterns with side patterns and shading and contrast and boxing. You know, I mean, that's, it's truly art it's, it's, and it will command a price. Um, not that that's what it's all about i mean i'm kind of with you it's the joy of doing it and, and i love the way you described it is as, as it was like being hit by lightning and you were just kind of like never the same after you built the first one i, I love that description i'm going to use that that's that's what it feels like but this is not just true of uh, of cross wraps you also have visual weave and at risk of simplifying visual weave is and i'm gonna take a stab at it and you keep me honest uh dave visual weave is the same software as visual wrap but specifically for multi-layer color change weaves right so it lets you create your pattern on a grid uh, like we when I was used to do, be doing these weaves uh, we did we literally drew it on graph paper right like um, but this lets you kind of pixelate it and put it on a grid and e- with each thread being you know one square uh, it lets you set up multiple layers and color change or do a single color. And then it generates not only a a visual rendering of what the wrap's gonna, the, the images or weave's gonna look like, but it also generates what we call the left list, which is the instructions that you use to complete a weave. And so essentially, let's just say I'm running my main thread. Most of us run it from left to right, or let's just say it's from the butt to the tip of the rod, left to right as I look at it. If I put a thread left and then do a turn of the of the standing thread, and then I bring that thread back right, that is a thread that's going to show it's going to be on top of that winding thread. So your instructions, if you will, your recipe in a weave is called a left list. And so, you know, if I was to dramatically oversimplify what visual weave does is let you create your own pictures, create tweak colors, tweak size, and all that, and gives you the left list that alone would be worth doing, but it also does a lot more, right? So Maybe you're not sure how long or how broad. Uh, If you've ever done an elaborate weave and then you wind up doing it and it's too big and it wraps around the rod and you you sort of don't get to see the whole pattern, you're like, I messed that up, it was too big. Uh, Or or maybe you're trying to decide whether the orientation will be uh, parallel to or perpendicular to the axis, right? Which way do I want my pattern to go? How big or how small does it need to be to sort of show the level of detail I want? Visual Weave does all of that for you. That's right.
1: And again, you've, you've hit on all the major features there. And in your introduction, you mentioned that any any rod builder with their salt um, should, should be at least experienced in, in all aspects of, of rod building. You've got you know, um, binding on guides. You've got maybe turning grips. In Clemens' books, he, he spoke about weaving. And for me, when I was just getting into to rod building, I thought, oh, man, there's cross wraps and there's weaves. Oh, man, this this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I started with the um, visual wrap, mm-hmm. um, built that, and for me that was almost enough. And it was gnawing at my brain that I had produced a what I thought was a, a high-quality, world-class product. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. To, to do probably half of the the um the job of fed of, of up and and it was i just could not sleep at night thinking the, the the weave part is is not done and i so i pushed through and i mean it took me five years of of, of part-time work to, to get rap um written um this was this was during you know having kids and sure and, and family as, as well i then pushed through and spent another five years of part-time work working on weave and um, managed to, to to launch the, the second product, Visual Weave. So as as you described, um, it allows you to import a graphics file, a picture, a, a photo, or a sketch that you've done, as long as it's a JPEG or a, um, a PNG file or a bitmap. Right. Import any graphics file, um, orient it on your rod. Do you want it, as you said, vertical, horizontal, etc. Size the pattern to the available space you have on your rod and then tell the software what size threads you're going to use. And it works out, okay, for those size threads, if you want this space, this is how big the grid needs to be. So it does those calculations, it creates a grid. It then automatically populates the grid with its best approximation of of what the um, image should look like. And what you'll find is anytime you import an image, it's, it's an approximation. You then need to tidy it up and smooth out the rough edges, right. spend some time working on the grid, use the exact colors that you want, and then produce the left list. Yeah. And then once you've got the left list, you can print that out um, and walk away, go up to your, to your rod, start weaving according to the left list, and if you've done it right, and if if I've coded the software right, the, the finished size and look of the pattern will be as it was predicted on the screen.
0: Yeah. Which is just like, oh my gosh! If you talk to Doc Ski, if you talk to Jim Upton, and I'm 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 deliberately pulling forward legendary color change weavers. If you talk to Jeff Vatican, who's who taught me how to do it, um, and literally like, uh, kind of like you, Dave, in the beginning, we had the books, right? And we were sort of self-taught, and I could not get. I'm a visual person. Maybe part of why this software appeals to me so much and is so effective for me. But uh, I think a lot of us are. But I could not understand the concept of a multi-layer color change weave. I just couldn't quite make it click. I could read all the words. I knew what they all meant, but I just couldn't ever do it. Then uh, Jeff sits me down at a uh, a rod. Show in Nashville that Tom Kirkman actually hosted way back pre ICRBE. And as soon as I saw it, it was like, aha, I got it. Right. And it all, all the tumblers clicked into place and I understood. But it's like, um, so, so, and, and you talk about sizing. I mean, there's some serious magic to proportions and sizing and getting this all right. I, I would say, as much as in the proper layout of clothes, decorative cross wraps, even if you have a good pattern, the art of knowing how big to make it and the proportion of it. And like, I know I won't reveal any secrets, but I don't like doc ski even gets into the very specific diameter of the threads he's using this way versus the threads he's using as his standing thread to get it sort of framed up and in proportion. So there's just a, this one may be more than, than even the, the visual wrap. It's so hard to me. You, you, it's, you have to get lucky or have be very experienced and have made a lot of mistakes to be able to size it right every time. Visual Weave takes all that away, and immediately you can get the exact thing you want from a rendered image or from a library, and then you can clean it up, generate the left list, you're off and running. And again, you can check as you go to make sure it looks right and you haven't gotten sideways with something. It's just a... It's uh, it's It still requires skill and attention to detail and work, right? And and some of these folks that will start a weave and walk away from it and come back the next day and finish, like, I'm not sure I can do that. Like, I, I know I should be able to trust the left list. That makes me really nervous, right? But um, it's hard to explain to people who haven't done a bunch of this how much this software simplifies and reduces stress and worry and gives you uh, it's almost like cheating. I mean, you still have to be able to do the work and execute it and thread tension's got to be right. You got to pack it. You got to, you know, there's still a lot of tricks of the trade, but just the ability to size patterns, flip the orientation and see everything before you have to put the work in to see whether it turned out right or not, whether it was elongated or compressed or it's just uh, tremendously valuable to me.
1: And the way I always think of it is it's one step in the process. So, right. yeah, for example, getting for Visual App, getting your, your layout threads in, in the right place is important. And yeah. similarly for Visual Weave, getting, you know, that the right um, threads in the, in the right locations to start with is important. Yep. It's up to you to, you know, apply the right tension and to, um, you know, lay things at the right angle. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a tool that can help you um, achieve the right result. Yeah. It's it's not a magic bullet. A lot, of, right. a lot of people ask me, you know, is is the software easy to use and you know for me it
0: is obviously Yeah, but it's very easy to use you still got to go do the worst <laughs> meaning exactly. execute the rap
1: yeah yeah you know, it's it's like anything there, there's a learning curve and it's it's like this for odd building as well the more you do it the better you become you pick for up sure. tips and tricks Absolutely. You, you develop muscle memory and right. um, you start doing things automatically without even thinking about it whereas when you first start you, you don't know those intricacies of sure. what is required so um, I like to think of um, the software as being a step in the process of achieving really excellent results. But simply simply having the the software isn't the the end result. Isn't isn't a guarantee of of one hundred percent success on all the wraps or weaves you're going to do. But um, it, it used properly um, is certainly a, a huge step in the right direction.
0: And so um, you know, couple of other kind of frequently asked questions, right? So what will it run on it's sort of set to run on pc right um and 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 basically on works great on windows xp if you're using older versions win 7 through win 11 you may have to make a couple of tweaks a couple settings to make it work but it's very simple you walk everybody through all this uh as part of the support um when you also offer support you have these can we talk a little bit about the facebook and 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 the other user groups because you've got a don't let me leave anything out right because you've obviously you can see everything we're talking about and if you're interested in purchasing this and it's a download right you can get it at www.threadcentral.net um, there's also some great uh, clothing and apparel, which for those of you who, if we watch a YouTube version, Dave is sporting some of today, which looks great. Um, you've got all Mary McIntyre Christie's courses there, some tools there. So lots of resources there at threadcentral.net. But there's also a Facebook uh, visual wrap users group, right? And then you have channels on YouTube. You personally have channels, right, for both visual wrap and visual weave. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. So if I want to find those, I just go on on YouTube and search David Boyle Visual Wrap or David Boyle Visual Weave. And that's how how I explain to people.
1: So to your first point, it runs on Windows. Mm -hmm. Um, At the moment, there's no um, cross-platform version available. Some people who are adamant they want to use it on um, Macs. Use an emulator, so that that is a an option at this stage. It's a it's probably an expensive option. It works perfectly on an emulator, but you then have to pay for the emulator and, and a Windows license, etc. So in I would like to say the not too distant future, we will have um, cross-platform functionality and and a whole raft of new features. But that's that's down the track a little. um As Windows has has changed every every couple of years. Microsoft brings out a new version of Windows, and they quite often change some stuff in the background that ninety-nine percent of people wouldn't be aware of. But as a software developer, it can be (laughs) real. They're they're laying landmines for you, right? (laughs) Exactly. So what worked perfectly on on Friday, there's there's a Windows update over the weekend, and come Monday, it's broken. And surprise! (laughs) These little Easter eggs that are just sent to try us. so what I've managed to do I believe is is turn uh, quite a potentially negative situation into a positive mm-hmm. insofar as there are some some workarounds required to, to get the software installed onto your Windows machine I just I describe those um, workarounds I call them tweaks I describe mm-hmm. this installation document which, step-by-step explains what to do, but most people are not computer savvy and that's fine Um, and and I fully get that. So what I offer is when people purchase the software, um, I log on remotely to their machine. There's no extra cost to do this. I log on remotely to their machine and I get them set up. I make sure it's installed properly. I make sure the um, tweaks uh, are working and I, I, I tidy up things to make sure, you know, shortcuts are in the right place and everything is logical and and working and there's consistency. So I I know of the, I'd have to say thousands of installations that I've done with people over the years, um, I've I've set them all up practically in exactly the same way. So I know how people's systems are configured. In the process of doing that, I've met and online spoken to and occasionally in person and, and through phone calls spoken to hundreds of rod builders who I never would have otherwise met. Yeah, and so, cool. what starts as being probably a an inconvenience, oh, this software doesn't install. You know, well, well they should make it so it's just automatic. Right. And, uh, if, if I had the ability, trust me, I would. Yeah. Right. Make, make it just install cleanly. I don't have that ability right now until the next version is, is available. Right. So, in the meantime, I've, I've made myself fully available for the last 20 years, fully available to to log onto people's machines and and help get them sorted sorted out yeah. and in the process I've met guys who who make lures I've met
0: guys who um, do three D printing which I'm interested as as well in I'm getting interested uh, there's been yeah re- that's a recent uh, sort of aha innovation for me uh, Mark Kraus showed me some stuff he was doing uh, with three D printing that's like got my mind blown and I'm like man I I gotta I gotta catch up with the with the with the current technology it's pretty impressive some of the things you can do. Well, that's awesome. And you, you also do – so I'll just say, you would never say this. The support's awesome. You are personally committed to it. And it maybe after hours, it may be weekends. Again, you have a family. You have a job. But, like, you, you will eventually need some support. In addition to the support packages you can, you can subscribe to, like, I would give David very high marks for availability and getting stuff sorted out. And you can tell from talking to him. It's a passion project. It's his baby. He loves it. And he does everything he can to make it work. Uh, support is – Never the issue (laughs) if I'm having trouble getting my wraps done at my house with with using these tools. They're spectacular. Um, Let's, can we talk a little bit about the wrap sticks too? Because this was brilliant. And this one almost missed me when I first saw them. If you've done these types of weaves and you've seen them multiple patterns from layout to completion, you understand the process. It can make sense, right? Starting from scratch, like if you're someone who's listening and you you're, you you tuned in because you saw visual wrap and you saw visual weave and in, in, in the description and you knew we were going to be talking about thread art, it can be like you're talking about getting partway through your heart pattern and like, is this even right? Is this going to round off and look right? It can take a leap of faith and some imagination, but you've come up with some practice tools that help you hone your skills and are also help you lay out and demonstrate and in practice the techniques with the, these wrap sticks can you talk a little bit about wrap sticks?
1: Yeah certainly so a lot of people they see the finished result they, they see an awesome cross wrap on the screen right and they think how do I do this and, right. and people try to be really helpful people will say oh just, just get some dowel and, and and lay down some threads and, and practice. Right. Um, or they'll say, you know, watch this video and do it or, or get a, 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 an off cut of blanks, right. some scrap blank or, a, you know, a cheap rod and, and do it there. Right. But the thing is when, when you're a beginner, when you're just starting, there are all these variables. You're not sure what size threads to use. You're not sure whether it makes a difference whether I use a, a, a large dowel or a skinny dowel right. or how long should it be. So there's all these, you know, we'll call them degrees of freedom, but there, there's all these variables that as a as a beginner can become daunting and can sure. actually be a real barrier to entry. Yep. So I've I've always wondered how do we make it so simple for people to get into cross wraps that you know it, it flourishes even further than than it is today. Right. And so that's where the concept of um, wrap sticks was born. When I mentioned that visual wrap allows you to print true to size, what I've done is um, come up with some templates, some, some standard wraps, and in, basically in Visual Wrap, printed out just the layout threads and made that available as a, a freely downloadable template that you can print out for, for three sizes of dowels. Once you've printed out those templates, you can um, wrap them around your dowel, and the template shows you where the, the layout threads need to go. And so all you then need to do is to put some double-sided tape or some reversed... Um, masking tape at either end and start laying down threads and you start by laying your first threads over the top of the printout that's now on your rod. So it takes all the guesswork out. You don't have to worry about taper offset spacing. You don't have to worry about measuring diameters of stuff and coming up with spacings. It's there for you ready to go. And it's it's just like follow these instructions and you'll end up with a, a cross wrap.
0: Right. And and it's, it's hard to visualize, but imagine a pre-printed you know, template that you follow, even more than the visual wrap template. Literally, you t- can tape this on a piece of dowel and wrap right over the marks that are on there uh, to help you practice. And and it, it can demystify it. It can uh, make it simple to understand. And it can also help you if you're, if you're dedicated it can really help you uh you know become better at your craft by by practicing effectively right so it's uh that's right it's a brilliant it's a brilliant tool if if you're serious about this or if you're trying it and you're struggling no better way than than this to sort of uh it, it, again it's 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 so brilliantly simple once you see it it's almost like why did no one ever think of that before like that makes so much sense right but uh it's it's a really good really good idea
1: and with with the- the Template that prints out, there's a little QR code. So you scan the QR code and it basically takes you to a YouTube video, which is basically just a screen capture of Visual Wrap going step by step, this thread followed by that thread. So right. you follow the sequence, and what you see on the screen is what you do on your, your rod. Again, taking out the guesswork. You don't have the guesswork. You don't have to worry about software. You don't have to worry about following, you know, patterns from a book or anything like that. Right. It just gets you going. And I guess we put it to the test during the last ICRBE. So in 2023, Mm -hmm. we launched the um, Thread Central Learning Centre. The whole concept of the Learning Centre was let's do hands-on demonstrations and show people how to use stuff, how to use new products, how to um, do techniques which some some of us take for granted, but but newbies have have never done it before, Um, and allow people to walk away from the show and say, Wow, well, I've seen it done, but I've also had a chance to do yeah. it myself. Right, yep. So one of the the last sessions that we did in the the Learning Centre was um, doing cross-wraps using the wrap sticks, and I'd have to say that was one of the most popular sessions. It, yep. it went well over time, and I sacrificed <laughs> some of the later sessions. Um, sorry to whoever I bumped off the end of the, the program, but the, the people who were involved in doing the, the RAP6 were engrossed in it. Um, the guys from the, the NURBS organization who were helping did a wonderful job assisting people and, and showing people um, you know, some of their tips and tricks um, with a bit of one-on-one tuition. And yep. the concept really worked. It, yeah, it, it was it, great. It
0: did. It was great. I mean, to me, it was a, a huge add to the the already wonderful ICRBE. So, um, yeah, and it's just, uh, again... I hope people can get an idea because this stuff, it, it probably sounds so simple as we're just kind of, you know, sitting here talking through it, but it's really, uh, w- once you see it, I think most of us have an aha moment and it can really, really help you up your game, right, uh, and, and 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 get good quickly, get predictable results uh, quickly. And, and just, I, you know, I got to believe, Dave, by making it, making the creative part of it Blew it and fast and easy right and i say easy with quote fingers relative terms it, it, i think it's going to push innovation right like i already see people like i feel like side patterns have taken off that was never something somebody focused on but now you have the ability to really tweak so much and and fiddle around with it like the it feels like visual rap and the people who know how to use it have uh sort of accelerated the game or or uh you know ad, advanced things and that's that's fascinating to me
1: thread arts to me has is, is always been a a wonderful aspect and a, and a hugely um, attractive aspect of rod building. But um, th- there's also been some, I guess, pushback fr- from others in, in the craft when, when they talk about, well, I only build functional rods. I've heard some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried not to take umbrage at, at, at such sentiments, but it, it has led me to, you know, come up with this saying, well, thread arts, not a crime, you know, it's and those, what I've found is those that take the, the time and the care to do intricate thread work are intricate not only with their thread work, but with all aspects, yeah, all aspects of it. It's it's not one or the other. It's not build a crappy rod and then do the world's best cross wrap on it. It's it's, it's not like that. No. And I'd like to to I guess leave the final word on this topic to um, something that Dale Clemens wrote in his introduction to to custom rod thread art. He says, hand a person a custom made rod and in almost every instance, one of the first things he looks at is the decorative thread work. I don't mean to imply that this is the only part of the rod to come under close observation, but it's one of the first. It's the eye catcher, the focal point and rightly or wrongly, the criteria most often used for the initial appraisal of the rod maker's skill, I'd agree
0: with all of that.
1: Like it or not, you put a decorative wrap on your your rod. That's that's almost sending a, a signal out to a potential buyer that you know this is the standard that I aspire to, and yep. you know, I build a superior product accordingly.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I, I think you're right. It's a great point. You, I, I, you you, rarely see someone who executes a really great cross wrap that hasn't also executed all other aspects of fit and finish really well, right? And I also, and again, this, I, I'm not trying to send umbrage or cast <laughs> umbrage, right, As just as you're not trying to take any. But, you know, there's also an element of I feel like some of the most creative, constant learners that I know are the people that really get into these aspects. and And maybe that's just an attitude thing but this this concept of constantly learning constantly getting better and that you know endless variations and permutations and iterations on these things like it i, I like the artistic freshness of it and i like that a lot of people and, and i'm sure someone's listening to this and can think of someone who's an exception to this but i will tell you that a lot of the people that i know personally that have taken the time and effort and invested in themselves to get really good at this are are just kind of high energy constant learners that are that are fun right and and i think it's it's interesting how over time it's always a disproportionately small number of people that drive a huge percentage of the innovations. so i could even argue that i love seeing this this aspect of the craft thrive Uh, even if you if some people don't want it they want to take a purely functional view of their rods and they say it's it's a race car it's a fighter jet i don't want anything else on it you're right go for it build them exactly that way but i do think there's a Almost a lot of these folks sometimes break the wedge and, and sort of drive the the innovation and creativity for the whole industry. And as someone who's not particularly creative, but can learn a technique and 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 use it once someone else has figured it out, that's that's very exciting to me because I, I, I it keeps it fresh and and I love that we're we're building different rods now than we were five years ago. You know, and that's that I would like to think that's progress, that not uh, not lack of uh, attention span or focus. <laughs> A hundred percent. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for sharing that. It's great. It's a it's an absolutely appropriate quote.
1: To me, the most satisfying thing is seeing the software used in in ways that I had never even imagined. Right. And 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 that's just the nature of innovation. You give someone a tool, and you know they they use it in an unexpected way, and and have a happy little accident, and suddenly right. they've, they've got a new technique. When I when I launched the software, I had never seen a a, a fade wrap before. Oh, had you not? oh and, and shading I, I i'd never seen it before and oh. as a result it was, it was never built as a feature into the software i wish i had because now people tweak the software and and do manual shading in there yeah and obviously come with the, the brilliant shading um schemes that, that that you see um all over facebook and social media at the moment but uh, again i had never didn't know about fading and shading didn't didn't build the feature in but people found a way because right. suddenly they had a tool that allowed them to manipulate lines on the screen representing threads and they found a way of doing it so yeah. um yeah the, the innovation aspects and, and to me that's that's how we get ahead you know we 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 share information we collaborate um and and by doing so that's how we actually advance
0: 100%. So let's talk a little bit about uh the, the threadcentral.net cuz that's a resource that's way beyond just uh, Visual Wrap and Visual Weave, although that is the source for those things. Again, ThreadCentral.net. But uh, how did you and Mary? Because that's the other thing. I'm listening to you talk about collaboration and innovation, and and I'm thinking, who better for you to partner with than somebody like Mary McIntyre Christie, who does all this beautiful work and has such an eye for color and fade and contrast and these things? Like, so how did you guys get together on the ThreadCentral.net project in the first place?
1: Yeah, sure. So ThreadCentral.net has has been around well before the the collaboration. Um, initially I had a, um, a site called visualrap.com. And once, once I then launched Weave, I thought, well, you know, people aren't going to know where to find the Weave. I didn't want to run separate. Every time I come up with a new product, have have a new domain name right. and a new location. And this was well before the time of social media. So coming up with your own website was basically the only way to get the information out there. So I, I thought I need an umbrella site. And so the, the name Thread Central came to me and uh threadcentral.com was was taken. So I took threadcentral.net and and, and net phishing seems to go together. So
0: hundred percent right.
1: <laughs> threadcentral.net started its life as a bulletin board in, in a similar manner than that uh rodbuilding.org is a um a chat board. Okay. Um back in the um, early days, there was a proliferation of chat boards and you had various different topics and each topic expanded into its own discussion thread and people could post questions or answers or whatever. Right. So I had I had one um, discussion thread set up for visual wrap, one for visual weave. I then had step-by-step sections on on that site and um, also some sections for rod building clubs. Okay. Um, back then I was running um, Sydney Rod Builders Club um, which, which I started and, and ran for, for 18 months. There was space for the Melbourne Rod Building Club. In the early days, even the NERVS was hosted there. So it, it was the, the starting place for a number of social gathering sort of... I don't think I knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. And I've, I've got the, the original incarnation of, of Thread Central and that bulletin board, um, as in in the mid-2000s, it basically got hacked and I had to pull it down. Okay. But interestingly, there's there's a um, a website called I think it's timemachine.org. Or I'll, I'll, afterwards, I'll, I'll find what it's called. Yeah. You can actually look at archived versions of websites, and I, I can visit Thread Central as an archived version back in the mid two thousands, and I, I can I can show you what it looked like. Um, at, at, at its peak, it had thousands of posts there and um, thousands of views on on the step-by-step um, how-to-do wraps, Lots of progression picks. Interesting. Lots of comparisons between what it looks like in visual rap compared to what it looks like in real life. And, and there was quite a bit of collaboration starting there. So over time, as, as I say, I had to take that bulletin board down because of malicious activity. Yeah. Once that was down, I had to reinvigorate the site. And as I did so... Realize that I, I love doing this, but passion doesn't pay the bills in, in, in many cases. <laughs> yep. I need to, you know, have, well, in some cases it does.
0: Um, <laughs> that's, that's, selling that's a topic my, for a different podcast. So we're not covering that today.
1: <laughs> so um, I needed a way of um, having a way to download my software. Uh, initially, we weren't selling downloads, uh, but as, as technology has progressed, downloads became the, the way to, to sell the software. So I needed a, a way of selling the software. But it, it also struck me that, you know, yeah, this is fun and all, but if if I was doing it with others, it would just increase my sense of satisfaction because sure. I like being successful myself, but I also love collaborating with people and see their success and we see joint success together. To me, that's that's what it's all about.
0: Right, so win-win, right. I,
1: Yeah, win win. I mean, that's that's a whole idea, and and certainly what I was seeing from my limited view of the rod building market was a lot of competing activities, a lot of competing rod builders, a lot of competing products, right? And as a result, that was as I saw it, somewhat stifling to to um, innovation. Hundred percent. Yeah. I I really thought collaborations where it needs to be.
0: I, I think it's still I think you're right, and I think it is where it needs to be still. Right? Yeah.
1: And so I thought, okay, I'm going to work out how to make my site a commercial site, but also a collaborative commercial site to right. allow others to sell their products through my site. So I, I started that and um, had an, an initial collaboration going, which which was great for for a while. I, I envisaged envisioned um, Thread Central as being the meeting place for anything decorative for, for yep. rods, certainly thread art initially, um, but later, if if it goes that way, then anything decorative to do with rods. Yep. So we've started um, selling the software, collaborated to sell threads and um, EVA, etc. cetera. As we've gone through, I guess the nature of the relationship was such that... I, I could see Mary was doing her her teaching and I thought, man, that's that's hitting the nail on the head for me about what needs to happen to, to grow this industry even further. People need to be taught. Yep. Obviously we have Mudhole with their, their learning program, which mm-hmm. by all accounts is is fantastic yep. and is opening up the market for everyone. I, I could see Mary teaching in a very specific way and I thought, it would be great to have Mary on this site. She had a a new dimension. Um, So I reached out, um, you know, said, how about it? Do you think this might work? Is this in line with what you have in mind for for your future? And um, we spoke about it and it it turned out we came to an agreement about how to make it work. So where we stand today is um, all of Mary's um, online learning courses are available through the Central website, you, you go on, you choose the course that you would like, um, you, you purchase it for any varying from you know $10 to, to $30, depending on um, which course it is. Sure. Um, you then that, that enrolls you into the course and you can revisit that course as many times as you want. The courses consist of videos and some um, written pages and some, some pictures. It's, it's like any sort of e-learning or online learning and you can revisit any of those courses that you've purchased infinitely. There was a, a migration process to set up all of those those courses on the site. And I had to do extensive back-end work to to bend the um, make it work websites to accommodate it. Right. But it works now and it, it's so um, we now have the ability to do e-learning uh, via the Thread Central website. And as as we've gone on, we meet regularly. Um, just to talk about the nature of the collaboration, what's right. working, what 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 could be tweaked, and and possible new products and, and possible new directions. The, the thing about the thing that I've found is that we can never sit back on our laurels. Yeah. Um it's it's not to have a product and sit back and expect it to, to be there unless you know we're pushing the envelope ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, th- through the collaboration, um, I'm able to have those discussions about Um, new techniques, new ideas for products. Um, And we try a lot of stuff in the background and a lot of it doesn't work. But that's that's the nature of experimentation and innovation. You try, you know, ideas and if one or two of them come off, they can come off spectacularly. Yeah,
0: and that's success, right? Yeah, you don't count your failures; you count your successes. That's right. That's it. Yeah, and if you're and so, if you're not familiar with ThreadCentral.net, so you've got you've got all the Visual Wrap, Visual Weave software, all the support, you've got the pattern libraries, you've got all that. You have all of Mary McIntyre Christie's courses. That's who we've been talking about. Uh, she's a Foundation Outdoor Group, uh, Mud Hole, and American Tackle Pro Staff member. Um, they have clothing, uh, some really good looking branded clothing and things. Um, but they also have, you know, this is a hardcore um, hardcore passion project for Mary and for Dave. and they have you know, specific, you can get Mary's thread packing tool there. You can get circle templates and, and decorative wrap, you know, kind of butt wrap alignment jigs and fixtures there. You can get the kind of pins Mary's. So the, this very specific by brand double-sided tape she likes for uh, popsicle sticks and whatnot for the, you know, the way she teaches the wrap. So it, it's really kind of an integrated thing in that if, if you go on there and you learn, Anything or buy any of these products, like if you take Mary's classes, everything you need to do it, just like she does, it is on there, right? If you buy these uh, visual weave, you uh, get visual wrap, all the support, all the pattern libraries, all that stuff there. And it's a really great, um, it's a really great website. As I mentioned, Dave and Mary both have you know, shared accounts like DecorativeThreadCentral.net accounts. Then Mary also has some Decorative Studio stuff. Dave's got Visual Wrap, Visual Weave. So if you're into this, if you're sort of a – if you're really into Decorative Thread art, you already know all about these people, and none of this is a surprise, and it's just been kind of fun for you to get to know Dave a little bit today. Um, But if you haven't seen this stuff, I really encourage you to check all of it out because it is – as deep and wide and sort of dense kind of concentration of content specifically focused on this topic as you're going to find anywhere in the world, literally. And it goes, what they have online goes way, way, way beyond anything you can get from the books. And look, I've got all the Dale Clemens books. I've got the Tom Kirkman book. I've got the seaboyd Pfeiffer Tactical Craft book. I've got Billy Vona's book, but I'm, and they're all great. And, and they all uh, are absolutely worth your time and attention. But the, the kind of sheer weight and volume of content and quality of content that they're starting to concentrate and sort of accumulate at, at threadcentral.net and is really impressive so if this is a topic that you're interested in and, and and you know lucky you if you're new to this and you're looking for more people and more resources and you want to get dialed in and boy you just hit the mother load because you could hardly start with anybody better than Dave uh, and the threadcentral, you know, net as a resource so Dave, it's super wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. Again, everything we've talked about can be found at ThreadCentral.net. You can look up Dave's Visual Rap Users Group on Facebook. Just search Visual Wrap Users Group. And on YouTube, you can search David Boyle Visual Wrap, David Boyle Visual Weave. You'll find his channels there. And there's just a, a – I think people sometimes may sleep on the amount of content that's out there, but there's a lot. And you have a lot of video content on the ThreadCentral.net website also, so you can, you can see exactly how all these products work before you buy them. You can literally be walked step-by-step step through a product. Process, uh, how they work, how to install them, how to tweak them if necessary, how to use them. It's just a, a really, really great resource, and uh, the rod building community thanks you, Dave. And uh, I'm, i you've gotten me excited. This makes me want to go almost go do a weave or almost go do a closed deck wrap. Your 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 enthusiasm is contagious and it it makes me excited about the tools all over again even though they they're not new to me personally and I've relied on them heavily for a long time but uh thank you so much for taking the time to be here and and I have to ask just cuz this is fascinating. Congratulations. You have a a recent uh kind of promotion and job change and you're going to be heading back down under. Do we find you today here in stateside? Or are you are you in Australia as we're recording this? Today stateside. Today still stateside. All right. Sub, subject to change any day now, right? Yeah. In the not
1: too distant future. That's right. Um, I'll be off for a while, and it'll probably take me a little while to um, adjust to the um, thirty-eight degrees Celsius, which is probably a hundred and something degrees Fahrenheit. A hundred and too much.
0: <laughs> You've gotten soft in this American climate. Yeah. Oh man, well, congratulations on the new opportunity. I, I hope it doesn't distract you or take you away too much from all you do for the rod building community because uh because it's great. And I, you know, I it's gotten for me to be a highlight of the ICRBE. I always come find you and look you up and we uh we try to catch up. And if those of you who know Dave, he's he's just a sweetheart of a nice guy, super nice guy. Enjoy hanging out with them liked getting to hang out with his son finn last year but uh based on the move are you going to make it to icrbe this year or is it going to be too much
1: this year no i no. think my starting day is is probably the the weekend
0: of, oh, of the gosh. icrbe yeah of course but, it is um, right like yeah, it, watch that space yeah all right well we will uh we'll we'll raise a we'll raise a pint in your honor my friend and you will be sorely missed but hopefully we'll have you back the year after and uh someone can continue to carry the torch and 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 represent visual wrap and visual weave and, and continue your, your education. You're like, you're the Pied Piper of, uh, of, uh, you know, thread, thread one of the Pied Pipers of, of thread decorative techniques. And we really appreciate it. Bill
1: we'll will re- really appreciate the time today. And, and I, I, just have to say thank you very much for all the support you've given over the years. Um, last year when launching the, um, the thread central learning center, Anglers Resource was um, one of the key sponsors and um, was involved in, in a huge way in the background. And the, the thing that's that struck me most and inspired me most was your your attitude towards collaboration and growing the pie for everyone. It was Absolutely. not a case of competition. It was a case of, you know, rise, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's and it. And you basically put your money where your mouth was and made it happen. And I I fully appreciate that. So thank you very much for your participation in that and and your ongoing friendship. That's
0: the most flattering possible version of events. Thank you for that. But yeah, no, I was happy to help. I do think collaboration is the thing. And and, and I... uh... I get excited about it, and I think, you know, uh, I don't have this conversation with a lot of people, but, um, you know, I've done a lot of research on it, and I'm very interested in the topic. And when we look at something like, and I would consider these close analogs, right, but, like, if you look at how many people fly fish and then the percentage of those that tie flies, or if you look at, I don't know, um, how many people uh, shoot uh, and how many people reload their own ammo – we have not scratched the surface of how many people build rods relative to how many people fish, right? So, um, and I just think the more we we grow the community and the more we grow the craft, there's going to be awesome innovations. There's going to be, uh, you know, awesome new technologies and opportunities. And it's just, it's hard for me to imagine a life without rod building. Like it has been so much for me and so much of my joy outside of my family has come via, you know, this rod building community. So I'm just... I was flattered to be asked to help support it. It was a brilliant idea. You did a great job with it, and uh, I appreciate you letting us participate. And I, I look forward to whatever it is you do next because I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. So, get your uh, get your feet under you in Australia, and uh, and uh, let me know once the uh, once the the creative wheels are spinning again. I can't I can't wait to see what's next. Good on you, Bill. Thank you very much. Well, and thanks everybody for tuning in again. Please like and subscribe and download wherever you get your podcast content. And we'll see you next time. You got a you got an Aussie slang goodbye for us, Dave. See you around like a wrist song, mate. <laughs> there we go. There we go. This was blinder. See you later, you bogan yavos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word phishing to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening.